Do you want to say hi to Amanda Forster? <gasps> yes. <laughs> She's hiding in the back. Yep. We'll see you Wednesday. <laughs> Boo. Um, Amanda, what are you going to do during this podcast? Well, I guess try not to giggle too loudly in the background. Why don't you just join us? We could use four people voting. <laughs> yeah, but it's easier for three because then it's an easier tiebreak, you know? But it's That's more true. fun. I'll pull her in for a guest presentation. You can be like the, um, you're like on the uh, talk shows. You're that person. You're the uh, Ed McMahon who sits on the side and just laughs. Welcome back to the Fascinating Podcast, a podcast about the fascinating topics and cultures at the heart of our cultural conversations. I'm J.R. Foresteros. I'm Kathy Kong. I'm still thinking about that intro, and I'm Matt Michelotis. Listeners, we are operating without a net today. It is oh. our annual Bracketology episode where we uh, randomly and without too much thought at all, pit various things from the last year of pop culture against one another uh, to see what advances to become the reigning pop culture event of the last year. And of course, don't forget, you get the final say in that. Uh, and so we're going to just dive right in with without abandon, uh, because this is always a long episode and we don't need a story of the week. You listeners are the story of the week. So uh, we're going to start out with our very first uh, bracket featuring a very strong number one seed, I think. Uh, Kathy, what do we have here? We have everything everywhere all at once. And if you mm. don't know what that is, I'm not sure that you are a faithful listener of this podcast. Let's just say it that way. We're um, fine. Welcome. We'd love, love to have you. But, yes, yeah. we're glad you're here. But um, Oscar award winning, amazing. They won all sorts of awards. Uh, Amazing independent film by A24, um, starring amazing Asians, Asian Americans. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. It I, is, I believe, it's, it's the it's, most awarded film of all time. Really? Yes. Okay. Counting Oscars, Golden Globes, like you know, every, oh, everything it's I won. See. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. All right. I was like, well, I'm not sure that's true, and now I'm like, that probably is true. Yeah, they really did really well during award season leading up to the Oscars. So that E-E-A-O. And they are pitted against what, Matt? Uh, You know, one of the things I love is watching Gen Z discover new music. Uh, It happens all the time on TikTok uh, that some old folk singer is suddenly like this huge thing and every TikTok kid knows their song. Um, but TV shows do it too, especially TV shows like Stranger Things, which introduced a whole new generation to Master of Puppets or, uh, you know, also Kate Bush, which this is an interesting story. So Kate Bush wrote a song about running up a hill that was back in the 80s, right? And uh, was relatively successful at that time. And what I love about this story actually is that Kate Bush... Uh, was kind of ahead of her time as a woman in the music industry and kept the rights to all her music. 
So it's not owned by a big corporation or a studio or anyone else. She owns it. So when her song started taking off, uh, she made millions of dollars off it oh, showing up. Isn't amazing. that amazing? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's Kate Bush. Uh, it, it's just fun watching Gen Z discover music that is actually quite old, older than that. Um, and they're like, this is the best song. I love it. And I'm like, I love that you love it. So that's, there you go. Welcome to the 80s. Welcome to the 80s. You made it. Soon they're all going to be wearing their 80s clothes. Oh, wait. Yeah. It's already started. Yeah. I all love right. the 80s. No complaints. So I'm curious, you're you're yeah. probably the wild card here. What um what are you choosing for this one? I'm the wild card? I know what Kathy's gonna choose, and I know what I'm gonna choose. Oh shoot. Okay, well, uh I'm I'm gonna go with Kate Bush just to uh c- to counterbalance Kathy so that uh <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, I loved everywhere, everywhere, everything, everywhere all at once, but I don't <laughs> think they need another award from us. But maybe they do. Maybe they do. <laughs> they deserve it. I don't know if they need it. So, yeah, that's obviously my vote. Everything, <laughs> everywhere, all at once. Um, I think Stranger Things is fine. I also <laughs> think Running Up That Hill is fine. You hate horror. Uh, it's a fun song. It, it's Is it horror? I mean, it 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 pretends. Anyway, uh, no question for me. Everything, everywhere, all at once is one of my favorite films of all time. The Shocking. story surround. I, I said I knew what I was going to pick, right? You were um, right. The, the story surrounding it, uh, everything about it was just terrific. So, yeah, it's my pick, which all means right. everything, everywhere, all at once advances to the Elite Eight. Fair enough. Well, why don't you give us something to vote on then, JR? Okay. Our next, uh, our next uh, bracket is going to be uh we'll call this maybe the most underwhelming thing that happened in in the last year uh y'all may remember that one tesla billionaire elon musk bought twitter and then tried to back out of buying twitter and then was forced (laughs) to buy twitter and then after he bought twitter all of the twitterati were sure that twitter was going to die and there was literally a weekend where everyone on Twitter was holding vigils for Twitter because Elon fired like most of the um, employees at Twitter. But then it turned out that the people he fired were all the people that were responsible for like keeping Twitter relatively free of hate speech. Um, So Twitter is still there. It is sort of a shambling uh, husk of itself, Uh, but it didn't die. Turns out so, the reports of its death were greatly overrated. So get this. So I've been on Twitter, I don't know, 15 years or something. And today was the day that there's a security feature called two-factor authentication that if you don't yes. pay for it anymore, you can't have it. Yes. And today was the day you were supposed to have dealt with it by, and I didn't. And so when I went to get on Twitter today, it said, hey, you got to take care of this and gave me a link. And I clicked on the link and the link is broken. So it, it won't give me access to my account to change it. So I'm literally locked out of Twitter now. I may have lost my account. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, well, uh, bye, I guess. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Used to be my favorite social media, but now it's inaccessible. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, boy. Anyway. Well, uh, yeah, that, that's what's on this bracket. Uh, Kathy, what, what are we putting this up against? We're putting it up against the government. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 
Oh no. So, um, last year, uh, the government decided that it had enough COVID tests to give away to everybody with an address. And so everyone with an address could get four free COVID tests. And, um, I mean, it's great because people are still dying from COVID. It's unfortunate that we couldn't get them, you know, earlier in the pandemic. Um, and now there's like, there's so many they can't get rid of. Then it became that your, if you had insurance, your insurance would cover additional free. So four free COVID tests from the government also sent out via United Postal Service, which I don't know, makes me laugh. It's kind of funny. It was the one thing that always came on time. Like I would put the order in <laughs> and they were like, boom, they were there. So I could count on my free COVID tests. Amazing. It, it yeah, was so per person. Mm -hmm. No, four per household. Uh, no address. way. No, really? I got like 12. How? Uh, I didn't. just put three people's names in. No, we, so we, we live in a household with another family. So there are four people in their family, two in ours. And they ordered the tests for like the, the mom of the, of the other family did. And both Amanda and I tried to order tests and we were told that our address had already received. them. Oh, shoot. Well, I got a bunch. <laughs> Guess we know where all mine went. Do you yep. need some JR? So that's the thing. Like, I feel like the system still was not great when it should have been, in my opinion. Nobody asked me, but there was plenty of time to figure out those glitches. Anyway, COVID <laughs> tests from the government. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to say in terms of pop culture impact, I'm definitely going to go with Elon and Twitter. It was just such a weird dumpster fire to get to sit on the sidelines of. Oh, man. So Same. Uh, death to Twitter. Let's All do right. it. A clean yeah. sweep. Wow. How about that? I honestly didn't expect that. I just, everybody was on Twitter for about a week saying like, well, just in case it just crashes, here's my handle elsewhere. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh yeah. It we was all like, got on Mastodon for five minutes. Yeah. So it, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it felt like you were waiting for, you know, that, that relative to, yep. this sounds awful, that relative to die. And then they were like, oh, I'm fine. Right. It turned out that they're just the same level of terrible they had been before. That's right. I'm not dead yet. I'm feeling better. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to join Twitter and be one of those guys that has two followers and just go around and say mean things to people now that my <laughs> my main account's broken. You should do it. <laughs> All right. Next. Okay. Let's talk about George Santos. <laughs> who? <laughs> George Santos is a politician who got hired by the people. He, he won an election, right, by just lying. Not even like small lies, just gigantic lies about everything you can imagine. Military service, how much money he's made, whether he's broken the law. Uh, yeah, just crazy things. Things that it doesn't make any sense to lie about. Uh, to the point that his own party was like, dude, stop lying. Maybe we should get rid of this guy. And then he's like, oh, I never lied about that. I never said that. I never did that. 
Uh, and it just, it got to the point that literally everyone was making fun of this guy. Um, it's crazy. And he's still, he stepped off of some of the uh, committees he'd been put on, but he's still theoretically doing his job. Like he's not stepping down. He's staying in there. It's crazy. That's George Santos. It's nuts. What a well, guy. I, I need to tell you all something. Yeah. I, I am actually George Santos. <laughs> I am George Santos. We're all George <laughs> Santos. <sighs> <laughs> what are you going to put up against unfair. that, Kathy? Yeah, I was going to say that seems unfair. So up against that is uh, Queen Elizabeth, who died in September. And she was the longest reigning British monarch Wow. Um, and longest verified reign of any female monarch in That's history. Cool. Um, she reigned 70 years and 214 days. Good Lord. And when she died, at least for me, it showed once again that Americans do want to be British. I just, I'm always so surprised at how many of my friends are like royal watchers. So I, I, I do pay attention to like the weddings. I think the weddings are amazing and beautiful and the gowns and all that kind of stuff. I could do without the carriage. I'm not a big fan of horses. But Why do you hate horses? I don't hate horses. I had two very bad horse riding experiences you when did? I was young. I did. Did I you did. fall off a horse or they like tried to run over you or what? No. Well, I didn't fall off the horse. The horse... Um, decided that it wanted to scratch an itch and like went down on its knees and started to roll and oh, I no. had to jump off and I was terrified. And then as a consolation, uh, they gave me a pony to ride and the <laughs> pony had allergies and like every few steps would sneeze and like, you know, <laughs> Come I on, felt like horses. I was going to be thrown off. So that was as a child. I did have a redeeming experience as an adult. But anyway, back to Queen Elizabeth. I mean, just so you know, Kathy, they would never let those horses pull the royal carriage. Like, no, absolutely not. Gotta be top not. tier horse. Absolutely not. Um, but it was fascinating because she died, and then she has a grandson who is a little kind of not a part of the royal family, but is a part of the royal family, and then wrote this book about loving the perks of being in the royal family, but doesn't want to be in the royal family. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> we've got Queen Elizabeth up against George Santos. Oh, man. It's a hard one. I know. A self-involved, probably fascist, elected by the people, or... George Santos. A member of the oh. royal family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, what I thought was funny about Queen Elizabeth's death was how many Americans learned about colonialism. What? Oh, my gosh. They never knew. They were like, why are some people happy the queen died like that? Yeah. Yes. How could you? You're so mean. She's so cute. Have you watched The Crown? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've watched The Crown. And also boot colonialism. I uh, I'm going to go with George Santos. I feel like he is the the embodiment of the American dream. You can lie your way oh to the my top. Gosh, that's a good point, Kathy. How about you? Yeah, George. 
George. Yeah. I just, there's a longstanding tradition of not voting for royalty. So let's see what, what the liar can do in the bracket here. All right. Another clean sweep. George Santos over uh, her, her late majesty, the queen of England. Un- unbelievable. Oh man. Unbelievable. Wait, is Amanda in the back angry about this? I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Okay, good. Amanda's in the back, you guys. Uh, all right um so yeah let's move from from elected politicians to the queen of our hearts matt the queen of our hearts rihanna rihanna made some uh headlines because she was at the super bowl dancing on giant floating platforms like mario and uh was apparently pregnant, but hadn't announced it. And then people on various social media places started going like, why is she dancing bad? Why is she weird? Why is she wearing those clothes? Is she pregnant? And then it became a whole thing. Like, uh, I guess you can't hide pregnancy or something. I don't know. Anyway, Rihanna, she's pregnant. We should celebrate this. That's my pick. Not make weird comments about it. No, yeah. Don't be a jerk on the internet, people. Unless you have an anonymous account like me on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're putting her up against uh, Leah Michelle, originally of Glee fame, who ended up taking over Funny Girl on Broadway from um, Beanie Feldstein, who had originally wanted to do it. They launched it with her. And then it, it it apparently was like very meh, like very mediocre. And so she announced, or they, Funny Girl announced that she was stepping down. Then ticket sales slumped even further. And so they pulled her all the way off, like even sooner. Everyone was like, obviously, Leah Michelle's going to get it. Like she's wanted this her whole life. And then it turned out she was pretty good in it. But she's also apparently like a bully or yeah. maybe used to be in his grown. I don't know. It's a really weird, messy, complicated Broadway thing. Um, yeah, but Leah Michelle, uh, entertaining us on stage versus Rihanna, uh, Kathy, you didn't, you didn't present this round. Who, who are you going to weigh in on? Uh, I would say Rihanna. I, uh, watched her performance live with a bunch of Gen Z folk who are gathered for a Super Bowl party. And I, I experienced the conversation live. <laughs> There was no body shaming, but there was a lot of like, wait a second. Is she What's pregnant? What's going on? What's going on? She rubbed her belly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing, right? She was kind of, she knew what she was doing. Oh, yeah. she absolutely knew what she well, was Like she doing. always does. She's, she's a really smart performer. Yep. It was amazing. What about you, Matt? Oh, I'm definitely going for Rihanna as well. Uh, this is a, yet another sweep. Oh, I'm man. Also choosing so Rihanna. easy. Yeah. There's not not a lot of surprises so far in the uh, in the bracket. It'll but, be it'll be when Rihanna's up against George Santos that we'll have the real right. excitement. All right, so there you go. Rihanna's pregnancy takes uh, her to the next level. Nice. Where you go next, Jar? All right. Um, we talked about this on last season's show, but the one and only Lizzo made headlines when she borrowed James Madison's crystal flute and played it 
at her Washington, D.C. concert and a bunch of racists suddenly cared about crystal instruments. Um, despite the fact that Lizzo is a classically trained flautist and uh, it was because I believe because she twerked with the flute that somehow uh, some people decided this was uh, not presidential enough for the president's crystal flute. Um, plenty of other people pointed out that he was a slave owner, so who gives a crap? Um, yeah. I wish Clay was here so we could talk about how James Madison invented the Twinkie, but <laughs> but he's not. So but he's not, so we can't. Yeah, and uh, we are putting Lizzo up against uh, what, Kathy? We are against Ticketmaster. Boo! <laughs> Boo! Boo! <laughs> So uh, Taylor Swift was going on tour. Her tickets went on sale and Swifties all over the country all at once wanted to buy tickets and crashed Ticketmaster. Oh, man. surprise, surprise. Um, and uh, they complained about huge swings in prices and long wait times in the queue, the virtual queue. And um, eventually it led to... Uh, uh, hearings, government hearings list, uh, about Ticketmaster and um, Live Nation and the takeover of the, I don't know, concert ticket industry kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, well, and the other I problem was like their surge pricing, right? That they Ticketmaster had built in, because I don't, I don't know how often y'all try to buy concert tickets, but like scalpers come in and buy a like dozens of them all at once and then just right. turn around and immediately relist them. Right. So Ticketmaster came up with this, like some kind of thing Algorithm. that the more demand there was, the higher the prices were. And so tickets for both of both Springsteen and, and Taylor Swift were going for like $6,000 or more, you know, for a single ticket. But I also feel, so that was the thing for me. I was like, well, but I feel like that's also happened maybe at not the scale of Taylor Swift and also the demographic of her fans taking to social media about what was yeah. happening, right? Yeah. Because I don't know, recently that also has happened with uh oh gosh, why can't I think about the ew, come back to me, my mom brain is firing at zero cylinders right now. <laughs> but also it it is that happens with concert tickets, right? Yeah. Like scalpers buy. So they, they try to have different um, codes that you can use if you're in the fan club because you bought into the fan club. So you get into the queue earlier, all that kind of stuff. So there was a little bit of me saying like, oh, well, this happens all the time. Sorry, nah. you didn't get your tickets. Nah. <laughs> I started to show my age. Ticketmaster's still behaving poorly. Like it just was in the news yesterday that The Cure is doing a, a tour where oh. they're they're trying to keep the ticket prices really low because they want their yeah. fans to come. And Ticketmaster was charging fees that were sometimes more than the ticket. Wow. Uh, so The Cure went after Ticketmaster and were like, do you actually want us using your service? Because we're not happy about this. So they're sending a they're sending refunds to certain people who bought their tickets. Uh, well, partial refunds, right? For some of the fees. Crazy. That's thing. really interesting. Yeah. So, right. well, well what, is, what are we pitting this against? Uh, oh, sorry, no, that, that's what Liz, it is. That's the flute. Yeah. So um, what do you think, Matt? 
I think Lizzo and the Crystal Flute sounds like a Harry Potter novel, and you just gotta <laughs> you gotta vote for Lizzo anyway. So I'm going Lizzo and the Crystal Flute. Uh, I think if I did not vote for Lizzo, I would be uh, punched in the back row hard by my wife who's sitting behind me. So, <laughs> how hard? Real hard. I am a Kathy, what about you? Okay. So I must vote for Lizzo. Oh man, yeah. I don't know. If this first round's easy. Clay. Yeah, I don't know if it's because we don't have Clay this year or what, but uh, they, these a lot of these are the uh, the predictable blowouts. Clay, the contrarian Morgan. Everyone, everyone we, says that about him. We miss you, Clay. <laughs> we wherever you, you Clay. are, we know exactly where you are. Houston. Okay. Um, Matt, let's talk about TV. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk specifically about Marvel TV and two shows on Marvel TV. First is Ms. Marvel, which I honestly think might be the best Marvel TV show we've gotten. Uh, taking a character who is not super well known, if you don't read the comics, uh, who's a young woman uh, in an immigrant family who gets powers. Uh, I love this show. It did a lot of, it, it had that kind of Spider-Man feel to it of the young kid figuring out their powers, but it was about family and culture in a really and history in a really beautiful way. And then we had She-Hulk, which is super, super... Uh, faithful to the way a certain era of the She-Hulk comics were, despite some of the, you know, what what comic bros out there complaining about it. Uh, it was just fun. It was goofy. It was stupid. It broke the fourth wall. Like, I loved a lot of things about it. So, yeah, I don't know. Pretty good Marvel TV. I enjoyed both those shows quite a bit. And they created a lot of cultural churn. I guess I would say also, as people were figuring out if they could enjoy a show led by a woman. Uh, yeah, and we're pitting this against uh, the fantasy, the the sort of sequel fantasy television of both Rings of Power and The Last Dragon. Rings of Power being, of course, a prequel series to Lord of the Rings made by Amazon that cost a whole heap of money. And then HBO's Last Dragon series, which is a, a prequel series. Sequel to The Last Unicorn, right? Prequel series to The Last Unicorn. No, to Game of Thrones. Oh, so, Game of Thrones. oh never mind. Um, both were met. Uh, I think Last Dragon was much better received, um, but both had their their sort of fair share of, of fanboys complaining, uh, particularly Lord of the Rings. I, uh, I tweeted out an early reaction because I got to see uh, the first couple of episodes early. And someone who had not seen the show informed me what a emasculated uh, fool I was for enjoying something <laughs> that so clearly did not adhere to Tolkien's mythology. Oh, oh boy. My. Oh, big so, baby. Yeah, good good times, good times. So uh, Kathy, what do you think? Which which of these which of these TV shows deserves to advance? Well, okay. So I enjoyed both bracket. Yeah, whatever. But Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk. Nice. Got to vote for the women. <laughs> uh, Matt, what about you? Uh, I didn't even watch the Game of Thrones show. I know George R.R. Martin is a friend of the show. I know he listens every week. So nothing against <laughs> George uh, or his work. I loved the Lord of the Rings show, actually. I thought it was really fun. 
but I also am voting for Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk. Uh, I, too, am voting for Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk on oh, the power of the fact that I watched it with the girls that live with us uh, who are mm -hmm. 12 and 9, and they absolutely loved Ms. Marvel. And then I just thought She-Hulk was such a breath of fresh air in a, in a way that it so rightfully critique how stale the Marvel formula has become in so many ways. Um, so, yeah, terrific, terrific stuff. Great. So um, glad you're all here for this episode of JR, Kathy, and Matt agreeing about things. Please uh, <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah, I really keep hoping it's going to get a little weirder. Uh, Matt, why don't you explain the next one to us as loud right. as possible? You might have seen a meme. Uh, it shows these two young, young kids, like teens, one of whom is just screaming at the top of her lungs into another kid's ear at a festival like a music festival because the music is loud is what's happening and it kind of looks like she's lecturing him or something and possibly drunk i don't think she actually is but depending on the meme you see that's what it looks like so it gets passed around and people what's funny about it is they'll put like uh different sayings on it related to like donald trump's about to be arrested right or it'll be like uh, george santos is telling the truth or it'll be Lord of the Rings is for emasculated man babies, whatever. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty funny. I don't know who those kids are. I don't know any of the history of where that picture came from. But, yeah, it's been a funny little meme this year. He I like it when looks they use it. scared. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and I, I like it when they use it for, like, the people who do, like, way too deep dives on something. Right. Like, if someone asks me a really simple question about, like, the book of Revelation or something, and I'm like, oh, well, actually, blah, 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 and you give, like, way too much information because you're, right. like, a deeply committed fanboy. Like, that's that's my favorite deployment of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fun one. I think you can put almost yeah. anything in it, and it's funny. And yeah. it works. I take it back. He doesn't look scared. He looks um, very low affect. Yes. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> disinterested, right? Screamed. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and what are we put, putting this against, Kathy? Oh, um, the weirdness around Don't Worry Darling. So oh, this was Olivia Wilde's um, second film. And it was it looked like it was going to be a hit. It was supposed to be a psychological thriller. It had these great trailers, this amazing cast. Um, and then it got really weird. <laughs> um, so there was, <clears throat> there was a love interest going on. And, um, one of the actresses, I believe it was Florence Pugh, was not really thrilled with this kind of side romance going on on set. And that turned into some sort of drama. Um, oh, wait. And didn't there was somebody who was hired and fired for this movie? Yes, it was. um What's his name that played Indiana Jones's kid in Indy Four? Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, yeah, yes. Shia LaBeouf. Yes, the the name that I can't pronounce because it looks like it should be LeBeouf. 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 Or just the beef, right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, uh, 
and then, yeah, there was a little side thing between, I think, Olivia and Harry Styles. Yes, correct. And, uh, yeah, so then it just like, got... There, all the rumors about, like, Florence Pugh hated the movie and didn't want she was a star yes. you know and didn't want to do any press for it but then there was like people walking that back and then harry styles may or may not have spit on chris pine during one of the oh press yeah that was things. weird and it did it was not clear to me do you think he spit on chris no way pine? no i don't it think didn't, so. i don't think it that's not what it looked like yeah oh and then olivia wilde got served custody papers during the promotion right. yeah at comic-con yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so it's just all it was like so many levels of weirdness. And then yeah, Florence just didn't do any press for this movie. Uh, yeah. Very weird. And you're right, Kathy. Like there was a lot of interest in the film, like the first trailer dropped and all of that. And then the resulting, like as the press tour just got weirder and weirder. Uh, interest kind of waned. And I mean, I thought the film ended up being pretty mediocre anyway. So I don't know that that helped or hurt, but. It was just weird. Yeah, totally. Did anyone see it? We did see it. No. Oh, yeah, I saw it. It was very forgettable. Yeah, we were like, oh, okay. (laughs) It it had promise. Oh, that's sad. It had promise. I want her first movie is Book Smart, right? Yes. I've watched that movie like three or four times. I love that movie. Yeah, it's so funny. And then we get Don't Worry, Darling. Anyway. All right. So Don't Worry, Darling against Girl Yelling in the Ear. I'm definitely taking the girl yelling in the ear me. That was that's hilarious. It makes me laugh every time. And the Don't Worry, Darling stuff just makes me feel sad and weird. How about you, Matt? Uh, I feel like Don't Worry Darling is actually already kind of sunk out of pop culture awareness so quickly. Uh, Like Olivia and Harry aren't even dating anymore. The movie kind of went nowhere. So I'm hoping, I'm really holding out hope that Girl Yelling in the Ear of a Guy is going to be with us for a while. So I'm going to vote for that one. Well, I'll be the contrarian. (gasps) I actually, for somebody who is on social media a lot, I did not see this meme. There you go. No one shared it with me. It didn't show up in any of my feeds. So apparently the algorithm wasn't working for me. So I am going to go with Don't Worry Darling, even though I won't win. Nice. I'm going with my heart. A first first major, our first, second, only second major disagreement in this. uh, Wow. But girl yelling meme uh, still advances. I am glad to yep. say that on this show, a woman's vote only counts for a third. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about another major. Um, uh, this next category is sort of like a threat to the future of human human art. Oh. Um, and and the first one is the massive nationwide uh, GOP move to try to ban books again. Hey, you thought. That went the way of the dinosaur, but nope, it's back. Um, same song, different verse. Um, how do they say it? A little faster, a little worse. Hmm. In states as varied as Florida to Texas, good old Texas. Oh, man. Uh, Come people on, People are Texas. trying to ban books about race. Uh, the graphic novel Mouse, which is about the Holocaust, but with mice as the Jewish people and 
cats as the Nazis, uh, was banned in several places because it depicts uh, mouse nudity uh, in does, cartoon actually. form. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. There is some um, mouse nudity. So, I mean, it is offensive to see naked mice. Yeah, I, every mouse I've ever seen has been fully clothed. So, fully clothed, yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, yeah. Who would have thought that we'd be back to trying to ban books? But but here we are in 2023. Um, and Texas, don't leave out Texas, Kathy. We really excel at this sort of backwards thinking. So Yeah, Tennessee too, maybe. Anyway. Okay, book banning, book good one. Banning. All right, we're putting that up against AI art and chat gpt Ooh, ooh! so i've not used chat gpt i have um and uh, uh you know so <laughs> computers are going to take over the world they're going to do all of our thinking for us they're going to do all of the writing for us and apparently they're also going to create all of the art so it's chat <laughs> gpt and ai art um, Chad GPT is going to be um, the bane of all of high school, middle school teachers all across the country. Oh, college professors as well, as students try to fake their way through writing. Um, maybe authors too. That should be interesting. So they don't even have to like actually steal somebody else's writing. They can just have a computer write it for them. Um, and then AR. AI art. So uh, sometime last year, there was a whole, like, you could create an, a funky, arty, fartsy avatar using an app. I forget mm -hmm. the name of the app. Was it like Lenza or something like that? And folks yeah. were doing that, kind of creating these different, very cool, um, artistic renderings of yourself. And then the controversy was understanding, oh, what AI art does is use all of the art that's available um, on the web and sometimes using artists' work to um, create these new renderings without the artist's permission, and they don't get any money for that. So that was part of that. And then I think somewhere along the line, maybe even earlier than that, was um, there was uh, an award given to an AI-generated art piece. And so then there was controversy over, like, wait a second, that wasn't the artist, like, that wasn't the person submitting that piece. It was AI who created that. So, yeah, what do we think about computers taking over the world? Man. Here's the thing. <clears throat> I'm going to vote for book banning because the way the AIs work is by pure imitation. There's no like I don't know. I don't know if you all saw. There was a guy who did the the famous riddle about um, you know the a man and his son are in a car accident and the father dies and then they rush him to the hospital and the doctor says I can't operate on this boy. He's my son. How is this possible? Oh yes. Um, but then they changed it and they said. Um, you know, the boy, the boy's parents are gay and he has two fathers and, you know, and they like, they basically tell the chat GPT how to like that. Like they give all the information to be able to say, oh, the also his father, you know, whatever. And the chat GPT can't think and can't analyze. All it does is it's basically a really souped up version of your phone's auto or auto predict text feature. So it just because it recognizes the the framework, it spits out the same 
you know, basic idea. Book banning, on the other hand, these people are strategic and careful. They're evil, but they're not dumb evil. So I'm I'm voting that book banning is 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 a more serious and long term threat to the future of human literature. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Um, here's the thing about AI: it is the worst it's ever going to be right now. It's getting better every day, and it's going to have a cultural shift effect. I think at least as big as the internet has. Um, we are already seeing things like people are training these things to do lawsuits. They're passing the bar. Um, they're stupid. I'm in a fight with ChatGPT right now because every time I ask it where Matt Michelotis went to college, it just makes stuff up. And it's never guessed the correct college. And when I've told it the correct college, it's like, that is absolutely untrue. Um, so it's stupid. Like George Santos. For sure. But right now, already, I'm seeing people using ChatGPT to find answers to things and sometimes getting wrong answers and relying on ChatGPT instead of people telling them the truth. Um, so I think the likelihood of this becoming something that is going to be transformational in the way human beings get and understand information is high. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go. And already, we're already outstripping the ethical uh, frameworks. We don't have the ethical frameworks and people are already doing unethical things with it. Um, so, and it's changing so fast, the ethics aren't catching up. So yeah, uh, Google just today rolled out their, uh, AI. So it's, uh, it's called Bard, I think. So yeah, <laughs> yep. It's, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go AI. Something about horses and stables, right? That's right. That is all down to you. Yeah. Your vote okay. matters, Kathy. <laughs> a lonely woman's vote matters. So I love books. Me too. I've helped write a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also feel like book banning, as evil as it is, has happened over and over I, like you, Matt, am concerned about the technology and how it's impacting uh, creativity um, and that we actually don't understand the ethics behind it because we're not privy to the technology behind it. So already it was, you know, oh, this cool little meme, you can create these artistic renderings of yourself. And then we realized, oh, artists whose work this was being taken from were not being compensated or even acknowledged. Mm -hmm. So I am actually going to go with AI art and chat GPT because um, uh, like many things, we do not understand the long-term effects. And I think they're actually going to be very bad. Maybe so, uh, meanwhile, Florida and Texas, please stop banning books. Come on, guys. We would appreciate it. Yeah. Or at least can you read a few of them so that we can have an intelligent conversation about the content <sighs> of the actual, the actual content, not what you perceive the content to be because, um, naked mice in a graphic novel is 
ridiculous, but we can talk about the content. I just want to go on record as saying I don't need to read the book. I feel what it's about in my heart. So <laughs> good. Glad to hear it. Okay. All right. Here's one for you. During the pandemic, everyone suddenly had all this time to reflect on their lives. And many people realized that they were being taken advantage of at work <gasps> uh, in a variety what? of ways, or they just hated their jobs. Um, and one of the cultural results of that was something that we've called quiet quitting, which is people who keep their jobs, right? But they just kind of do the minimum. They do what they need to not get fired. They kind of sit there and just do what's reasonable. Uh, they don't work overtime if they're not getting paid overtime, which is, I think, what they should have been doing already. But it's become this thing, and a bunch of employers have been complaining, like, why are my employees not working 60 hours on a 40-hour salary, like this kind of thing? So, yeah, apparently it caused some consternation and worry among the uh, corporate over over overlords, uh, and probably locally, too. But uh, there you go. Quiet quitting. That's I'm throwing it out there. <laughs> Uh, that's being pitted against another pretty major workplace shakeup, which was uh, after floundering and wondering what the future of the DC movie universe would be, uh, DC announced that James Gunn, who directed the three Guardians of the Galaxy films, uh, who also directed the Suicide Squad reboot and the Peacemaker series for DC, would now be running DC film. And of course, lots of people had various opinions on that. Uh, but they announced the whole, like, I think 10, 10 projects slate for the next, like, four or five years it includes, like, films and television and all the stuff. So a pretty major, uh, pretty major reboot for uh, Warner Brothers. And, yeah, I'm curious, Kathy, whether you think uh, Quiet Quitting or this James Gunnification of DCEU is worthy of moving to the next round. Well, I feel like um, I have not been overall impressed with DC movies. <laughs> So the announcement was, I mean, I guess it's good, but wait and see kind of thing. Um, and I'm fascinated with this whole idea of quiet quitting because I'm thinking like, oh, is that what I was doing? <laughs> and there wasn't a name for it. Isn't that what like many of us who found ourselves in um, some sort of job where we didn't like you just kind of waited out until something happens. Um, and now there's a name for it. So I kind of like the, the idea that there's a name for it. And I, I, yeah, so I'm just going to go with quiet quitting. All right, Matt, what about you? Um, I, I think this is a good time to mention that next week, our guest is, can I say this chair? Yeah. Our guest is going to be one of the writers of two of the top three DC movies, in my opinion, Henry Gaden. So pretty excited about that. And uh, in Henry's honor, I'm going to vote for James Gunn and the DC movie, uh, hopefully moving more toward the Shazam movies. Like better, uh, yeah. Just get better. That they'll get better. Yeah. And be like those, which were fun. This is tough for me because I am all in favor of the concept of quiet quitting. Um, but I think it's hilarious that once the suits figured out what, what the people were doing, they gave it this um, negative name. Right. Instead of like, instead of just like uh, doing the job 
that is encompassed by our job description and for which we've agreed to a certain amount of compensation, they call it, oh, well, you're just like quiet. Right. <laughs> so I'm actually against the label. I think it's a I uh, like under, the label. Well, I think it's an underhanded way to shame people who are just doing literally doing what they're paid for. And it's and it's I a way of like well, yeah, you're good at that, though, Kathy. I know a lot of people who aren't, right? A lot of people who feel yeah. pressure to go go above and beyond as a way of showing that they're, like, part of the hustle culture and, like, oh, I'm using lots of scare quotes here. Um, and I love, I do love James Gunn. I think he's a great storyteller. I like his sense of humor and all of that. And like uh, like uh, Matt, I'm excited about what, what the kind of movies like Shazam and Suicide Squad and Peacemaker and all of those say about the possible future of movies that I, I want to be really great. Um, so I'm going to actually go James Gunn also. Ooh. I didn't think I was going to do that, honestly, until I talked it out. All right. got to talk so, it out. External man. processor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. so there we go. I, I went right. with James Gunn and the, the DC takeover. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Whew. I'm sweating a little bit. That was, that was a lot. That was a lot. Um, you did so, it. Kathy, what do we got next in our next game? Top Gun Maverick. Yes. <laughs> um, we, the boys and I were, well, and Peter, we were also um, out on a beach recently, and there were folks playing volleyball on the sand, and that's immediately what I thought of. I thought of <laughs> Top Gun. Um uh, Top Gun Maverick was the second highest grossing theatrical release of 2022, 1.5 billion worldwide. Unbelievable. Crazy. So that's why it's on this list. We did go see it. It was exactly what it was supposed to be like this mindless entertainment, big screen, because you want to see all of the crazy flying and the visuals and then you want to hear the boom in the stereo yeah so top gun tom cruise the man never ages well he does actually if you like a little bit go back and watch the first one um i bet he uses sunscreen and lots of moisturizer so gentlemen who poo poo all the skincare regimens you too can not age by taking care of your skin <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's too late and for some of us no it's never too late never too late oh, Matt and JR moisturize it's not moisturize. too late your skin, is, your skin is the best it's going to be today Matt. <laughs> yeah. that's what I think so, so go ahead just let it go and then your when I'm when I'm show. gone you guys can make a purse <sighs> oh no 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 we're not going to make a purse but we won't we won't Someone out there, one of the fans will want it. <laughs> so, Matt, what are we putting against that? <laughs> um, okay, the streaming fatigue, uh, which is this almost all of the major streamers this year saw their revenues dip or drop or lost subscribers or didn't hit their goals for new subscribers. Uh, which they're saying is streaming fatigue. People don't know what to watch or don't want to watch, or they're just tired of watching. Um, There's a bunch of stuff going into this, and it's playing pretty heavily into the guild, the Writers Guild, 
and their conversation with the studios about how much writers should get paid and for what. Uh, so it's pretty interesting. It's having a lot of cultural impact in the Hollywood world in conversations that just started this week, actually. So that's mine. Streaming fatigue. Where is it going to go? Oh, man. This, again, another really interesting one. I'm going to choose Top Gun because as much as I dislike Pentagon propaganda, it was so fun. (laughs) And in a lot of ways, I think it did save the box office. Like, no one expect. I think people expected boomers to go see this movie but apparently everyone wants to see went to see this movie and went to see it multiple times yeah uh it, it it's incredible what it did uh and it was just a ton of fun it was a great fun movie so i'm choosing top gun kathy what about you yeah me too as much as our family is still dedicated to streaming and that makes it possible to be able to consume as much media that we do i mean we can't we can't go to the movies and um, so I've really appreciated streaming. We're really angry about, I think, was it Netflix who announced like you can't share uh-huh. if you're not in the physical. So we'll see how that all works out and shakes out. Our family was very angry about it. Um, yeah, Top Gun. I, I didn't think that I would enjoy it. Like I went in with a very contrarian, like I am opposed to the <laughs> propaganda machine. But it was kind of fun. Dang old Tom Cruise if he didn't slip slip right between our defenses. (laughs) I'm rooting for streaming fatigue. (laughs) All right. To be contrarian or for good reasons? Both. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, uh, our next next category uh, really in a lot of ways is about, um, I think, how, how... uh, persons of color have to navigate award spaces. And so listeners, uh, you may be wondering why we would be talking about Oscars from 2022 when we are also talking about Oscars from 2023. Um, but it's because of the way this calendar shakes out, you know, our, our year March to March is, is pretty weird. And so our first entry in this next matchup is the now infamous slap where Will Smith slapped Chris Rock on stage after Chris Rock made a joke about uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, and there was so much discourse, capital D, after that happened about masculinity, about blackness, about black masculinity, and how that all gets performed in public. A um, lot of jokes about it at this year's Oscars. Uh, it's something that I think still is, in a way, resonating with a lot of people as we think about, um, you know, what it means to to be a man in public, to be black in public, and all of that. So that the slap, uh, what what is what is the slap up against? It is up against Beyonce. Oh no! So clearly, it's going to lose. What are you talking about Beyonce specifically? I mean, that we are like talking about her specifically because she is the most nominated artist um, for the Grammys. What? Um, yeah, more than Elvis. So she now has eighty-eight in total. Amazing, tying her husband Jay Z as the most nominated artists of all time. Wow, I did not know that. I didn't know that either. But neither of them is the most award-winning. Correct. Oh, they're the most Correct. nominated. Got it. They are the most nominated. Yeah. So even in this last award season, um, she did not win for the 
the big categories. So she did not win, but was nominated for best album, song, record. So those are kind of the big three. Um, even though she was nominated for those, she was also nominated for um, song written for visual media and R&B performance. She did not win on those, but she did win for best R&B song, for best dance recording, for best dance electric or electronic album and uh, traditional R&B performance. So, you know, it was definitely one of those, like she should have won. There was something, her, her album once again impacted culture it wasn't just great music it was culture and yeah she didn't win mm. uh you know there's been a lot of controversy at the grammys too around again specifically around black artists and yes artists yeah. who, who talk about or, or sorry artists who create uh quote unquote black music right like hip-hop r&b that kind of stuff and how how often they are nominated but not uh voted for uh and what that says about grammy voters and again whether the grammys are even a an institution that's worth paying attention to you know right um right so again i think it's interesting that it's up against the slap in that way what are, what are you choosing kathy oh i'm choosing beyonce I'm choosing Beyonce. I mean, the the conversation is similar, but also having watched part of the Grammys um, and particularly the, uh, the the big awards, when Harry's house, Harry Styles um, album won for album of the year, I was really disappointed. Um, yeah. I listened to both albums and uh, just on a technical level um beyonce's renaissance is incredible when you listen to it the way it flows the 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 story so yeah beyonce she wins matt what about you i'm so tired of talking about the slap i feel like everything worth saying was said pretty soon after it happened like really smart insightful things um, and all the jokes were also made within the first two weeks. And like the new jokes, I'm like, come on, guys. We're just. Well, and then, the, but they, the jokes came back. Yeah, they're back. The I Oscars. know. Ugh, the Rock or uh, Chris Rock is out there like trying to make more jokes about it, which is fine. I get it. Got to monetize your life when you're a comedian. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm just tired of it. So I'm going Beyonce for sure. Nice. Same here. Uh, no question. Nothing new to add to that. So Beyonce clean sweep advances to the elite eight. Uh, we are down to the last few games here. And uh, next up, we have a matchup among uh, child stars. Matt, tell us, uh, <laughs> tell, tell us who our first, uh, our first contestant is. If you haven't seen Cor Corn Kid, you need to look him up. Tariq Named is his name. He was at a fair somewhere and someone started interviewing him and he just loves corn. This kid, like they ask him, well, you know, what are you doing or something? He goes, for me, I really like corn. And ever, he just kind of goes on from there ever since that I've always liked corn. It's really good. Then he starts talking about butter. I love corn. Really funny. People started remixing it, making music out of it. And the kid is, you know, he's now the, uh, He's now the corn ambassador for South Dakota. Uh, 
his family posts really cute little videos of like they were driving him past a uh, field of corn and he just looked out at it and he goes, my babies. Um, so it's just cute, <laughs> wholesome, just a kid who loves corn. He's seven years old, Tariq. I just love him. So that's mine, corn kid. Awesome. And he's going to be pitted against Pedro Pascal's penchant for escorting magical children across uh, spaces. So this would be, of course, uh, The Mandalorian and Grogu in the titular series, The Mandalorian. And uh, uh, he is escorting a young woman who is immune to fungus zombies in The Last of Us. Um, so, yeah, uh, it was predicted that by 2025, uh, every major streaming platform will be supported largely by a series uh, about Pedro Pascal escorting magical children. And who knows? Maybe, maybe one of them will be a corn child. So That'd be amazing. Who, who I'd watch that. Or through um, a corn field. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. Kathy, who are you, who are you choosing in this one? Oh, this one's hard. I love Corn Kid because he's just so sweet and funny and cute but uh so is Drew. yeah <laughs> right and uh the last of us captured my heart in a way i was not expecting because i was like this is um <clears throat> i'm going with pedro pedro <gasps> pascal mm-hmm. and matt what yeah. about you corn kid all the way it's got to be <laughs> corn kid i literally when jr was like send us pop culture things i sent corn kid and i said he better win <laughs> yeah, this is tough for me too because I was gonna, I was, I was initially gonna throw in on Corn Kid because he's so authentic and unscripted and it's beautiful. But I've been watching a lot of press with Pedro Pascal lately. Oh my gosh! And he is also incredibly kind and generous and beautiful. Um, yeah, I love them both so much. So oh, I'm actually going to. I'm actually going to defer to my wife. Amanda, should I choose <gasps> Pedro Pascal <gasps> or Corn Kid? How dare you throw me under the bus? <laughs> <laughs> I got you, Pedro. There it is. All right. No! Pedro takes it. Corn Kid. We barely knew him. Uh, there's always one of these massive upsets. And uh, there you go. This, is, this, this is, is the this one. one. There you go. All right. I'm sorry, Matt, but it was Amanda's fault. (sighs) I know. Don't worry, Amanda. I'll carry that in my heart for years. Don't worry. (laughs) I got you. I guess I'm not Uh, getting that tattoo I was planning on. I was going to get a corn kid tattoo, but not anymore. Wow. Oh, so you're saying, Matt, your love for corn kid is conditional on how well he performs in the tournament. Oh, no. I'm just saying tattoo wise. Amanda's (laughs) convinced me not to get one. That's all. Uh, okay. Um, Kathy, this next one is about best costumes. So why don't you tell us about uh, the first the first contender here? Yeah, so Kim Kardashian uh, wore Marilyn Monroe's iconic dress to the Met Gala. And there was some hoopla around it um, because there was the, did she, like, did she damage the dress? Did she not? And in the end, it was confirmed that she did not damage this dress. However, the conversation around it was also about the crazy dieting world that uh, women, I mean, men, you too, 
can also be a part of this, but the whole kind of body shaming or the ideal body type, all that kind of stuff. So Kim Kardashian said that she had to lose 16 pounds in three weeks to fit into this dress. And uh, so that was part of the buzz was that she chose to do this. We're not really, I don't really understand why this wasn't for like a movie role, but maybe, you know, we've applauded men for doing that kind of crazy weight gain, weight loss for movie roles, but she wanted to wear this dress and she did. So Kim Kardashian and Marilyn Monroe's dress is on the list. Uh, so, so she is up against probably my favorite entry on the bracket. I've been waiting all year. There are times during the year when I come across something and I know instantly in my heart, it it is going to be in the bracket. And that was the case (laughs) with the now famous worm girlfriend tweet, um, is a writer on Twitter named Yael. Uh, and in all caps, she tweets, if your girlfriend asks if you would still love her if she was a worm, just say yes. She will never be a worm. You never actually have to deal with that. But you will have to deal with the girlfriend who thinks you wouldn't love her if she was a worm and she is mad. <laughs> <laughs> and then my favorite is that someone replied, I'm going to guess that this is the result of an actual convo you had. And she just replied, I'm livid. <laughs> so it went viral. Uh, you know, it's got over 30,000 likes and, um, and retweets and all of that. Uh, but then, uh, because Heidi Klum is an absolute pop culture troll god, um, she always does these really elaborate, weird Halloween costumes. And she actually got someone to create a life-size earthworm costume for her to go in where you can literally only see her eyes. And if you <laughs> Google image search Heidi Klum worm costume, worm. it's horrifying. Isn't it? It is it's amazing. It's really gross. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, and I just like the tweet was amazing. But then when she showed up yeah. in that costume with no explanation, like yeah. I, it was it was just a it was just a perfect one two combination for me that I think uh, means that she deserves a spot, at least in the final four. So I am going to go ahead and uh, get out in front of this and say I'm voting for Worm Girlfriend. <laughs> Matt, what about you? <laughs> oh, boy, I think. <sighs> Micah, who's 13, just yesterday told me how angry the Kim Kardashian thing makes all of the friend group that Micah's in, which I, I was oh, startled by. I, I, I didn't even, what? what's, the, what's the, are they protective of Marilyn or? No, I don't think they even know who Marilyn Monroe is. So it's like a weird TikTok thing. I don't, I don't know how, I'm not sure. It, Micah, Micah kind of framed it as like, why would you destroy something from history just to wear it to an event? Like, I don't understand, which I thought was really weird. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to vote for Kardashian. OK, Kathy, it's all on you. Um, a vote for Micah. Yeah. So um, I loved Heidi Klum's costume. I thought it was amazing and gross and weird. And I love that it was Heidi Klum. Um, and I would love to, I would love for Heidi to be my worm girlfriend. That would be amazing. So Heidi, <laughs> if you're listening, let me know. Um, <laughs> we can have coffee. There's or coming, Kathy, there's no we, way she's going to be a worm girlfriend. 
yeah, no, it's fine. We can have coffee or whatever warm girlfriends want to have on me. I'll treat. Um, but I'm going with Kim because oh, I didn't realize that she had not actually ruined the dress. I didn't until know that I either. Did a little deeper dive, deeper dive. But it was the conversation for me around the the, the crash dieting and the whole body image fitting into X, but how the conversation differs. And then, you know, it's not tied in, it's not on our list, but um, the controversy around the whale. Uh. And, um, and uh, Brendan Fraser wearing the, 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 the fat suit, really, mm-hmm. and how, you know, Hollywood is all over the place on this. So I'm going with Kim. Uh, I just want to say that because of the way our bracket has fallen out, it is very possible that in the final, in the elite eight, no final four elite eight in the, in one of these upcoming, I don't know which one, in one of these <laughs> upcoming, it's in the elite eight um, Lizzo playing the flute and Kim wearing the dress may, may face off. Oh, oh man. It's okay. an outside possibility. Uh, and okay. that would be a fascinating yes. look I, at how we treat history. I just want to say that we yeah. missed a chance for Corn Kid to go up against Worm Girlfriend. <sighs> well, it's not my fault oh, wow. entirely. I know. It's, only I, it's Amanda's so. fault. I know. <laughs> I hope she feels it's real bad fault. about it. She doesn't um, feel bad. <laughs> did you watch the next uh, installment? I did you- not. So I would like you to do this one. Okay. I have not yet watched it. So it was a it was a big show on Hulu called The Bear. It's great about a a chef who literally is the 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 head chef at the best restaurant in the world, who quits and comes back home to run his family's like Chicago Italian beef restaurant, uh, and it it is literally just like a dive where you get like Italian beef sandwiches. And it's about how he, I mean, it's about a lot of stuff, right? But it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's really about how toxic a lot of that, uh, uh, cook like chef kitchen culture can be. And it's about family and it's about, uh, vulnerability. I don't know. I thought it was an incredible show. It's a great, uh, show. it is very stressful, but if you've ever worked in a kitchen, it felt very true. Um, and it is coming back. Uh, I think I just saw a teaser for the second season. So mm-hmm. I got a lot of hype, a lot of great performances, a lot of really interesting character work. And uh, yeah, a kind of a, a fun play on how do you elevate such a staple kind of a sandwich, like a Chicago Italian sandwich. So, uh, and Matt, we're pitting that against uh, another possible example of a toxic work environment, right? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, Hey, we're going to talk about the Try Guy controversy. So if you're someone who's deeply into social media controversies, uh, this is going to be a simplified version. So if your name is Ali Michalatis, don't at me about this, okay? Uh, The Try Guys are a group of guys that have a social media platform uh, with like over 8 million followers. They're a big deal. Uh, Where it started with them just trying stuff, as you might guess from the name. And one of the guys, his name is Ned, and his character, like his whole thing, is about how he's a wife guy. Like, literally, he and his wife have written books about marriage together, all these sorts of things. Uh, And what ends up happening is that guy, whose name is Ned, right? Ned ends up cheating on his wife 
with one of the assistants on the show uh, in a way that it wasn't really clear as outsiders whether he was using his position as her boss to pressure her or what. Um, And it was kind of secret, and it came out partly because the fans saw that something weird was going on and actually saw them at a restaurant and shared a picture, et cetera, et cetera. And then they fired him. The Try Guys did. They removed him um, and also deleted him from as many of their videos as possible, like just went back and removed him. Um, So anyway, it was controversial in a variety of ways. Saturday Night Live did an awful, awful like skit about it where they clearly didn't actually understand what was going on. Like it was, it kind of felt like kids these days get mad about dumb stuff. Um, But that's not what was actually happening. The video where the Try Guys explain what happened was a little funny because you could see kind of the different ways each of them was responding. And one of them was just incredibly ticked off. Anyway, that's the basics kind of simple version of the try guy controversy well uh kathy any uh any preferences here well i mean this is also why peter and i will never write a book about marriage (laughs) (laughs) right like we my social media isn't about like you know peter shows up and we we are happy but we also are not always happy so, sure. Um, <clears throat> I'd read that book. <laughs> right? Yeah. Sounds good. Marriage is hard. I know. It's hard. Sometimes you don't like each other. Right. Sometimes you do. Um, and sometimes you do. And you're really lucky if you like each other long enough till death, which we're not close mm-hmm. to yet. At least not that I know of. Yeah. Anyway, um, this, this is a hard one because I don't have like a strong vested interest yeah. in either yeah. one of these. Um, but I was kind of fascinated in how the whole Try Guy thing came to light because it was fans Mm -hmm. who are kind of paying attention. So um, I am fascinated by fandoms and the power of social media and the ways in which people can use social media to right wrongs. Hmm. So I'm going to go with the try guys. Interesting. Amazing, Amazing. How about you, JR? Uh, I'm going to go with the bear. I really was moved by that, and I couldn't care less about the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly legitimately didn't even know who they were before people started talking about the controversy. And I was like, what? Like, who are these people I've never heard of that everyone seems to care so much about all of a sudden? Uh, and then I read about it, and I was like, yeah, I still don't care. <laughs> I loved the bear. I think it was so good. Um, I got to say, I think the Try Guy controversy has been more interesting as a study in human beings for me. Um, so I'm, right. I'm going try guy. There we go. Oh. Back half of this tournament has been a lot more, yeah. uh, a lot more interesting. Yeah. So um, speaking of interesting conflicts, Matt, what is our next game? Oh man, I feel bad even dredging this up again, but it was an important thing this year is the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard multiple Oof. lawsuits related to their, uh, their divorce and the exit from their relationship with accusations of lying on both sides and of toxic behavior on both sides. Uh, Johnny Depp appears to have hired 
people to influence social media against Amber Heard, in addition to like reaching out to different people about her jobs. Uh, Amber Heard does not appear to have been perfectly behaved in the whole thing, but I think it just brought out a bunch of stuff like the British legal system and the American legal system came to different decisions on the same question. Uh, So even how information was allowed to be introduced in the courts and whether it was allowed to be introduced, things like that. And it ended up becoming this just really weird study of toxic relationships, abuse, in my opinion, uh, toward women and what are women actually allowed to say after they've been abused uh, Mm -hmm. without facing legal consequences if they can't prove it in court. Um, so, yeah, it was a mess. I felt bad for everyone involved. I still feel bad uh, for Amber Heard, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, so that's I'm throwing it out there just as something that was an important conversation this year. And we're pitting that against what, Kathy? Uh, we are pitting that against, um, what are we pitting? Inventing Anna. <laughs> so Netflix has uh, um, produced a number of interesting, not really documentaries uh, about fascinating criminals. And Inventing Anna is one of them. Uh, It's about Anna Delvey, who pretty much uh, scams a bunch of uh, hoity-toity New Yorkers and makes them think that she is a German heiress named Anna Dalvey when really her real name is Anna Sorkin or something like that. And she speaks with an interesting accent that nobody can pin and peg. And the limited series started uh, Julia Garner. So that was amazing. But um, I, it's up there because it did really well. And there is this fascination with villains and excusing their behavior and making them into stars and inventing Anna was definitely one of those people were commenting on like how she scammed these uh, hoity-toity people in New York and, and a little bit of the like, ha, she did it. And this kind of self-righteousness of um, she deserved to not get caught, but like, yeah, she she managed to get into these elite circles. I thought it was a little strange, um, but I did watch the show. So I must confess, I followed. I followed. <laughs> I was one of the minions. Um, all right. Well, I... I don't love either of these choices. I didn't watch Inventing Anna, but it was in part because I, yeah, I don't love these sort of like uh, dramatizations of villains. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I didn't watch uh, one of the ones we're going to talk about in our, our, our final first round match either for the same reason. Um, but also, yeah, the whole uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing made me deeply, deeply, deeply sad. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't really want to vote for either of these, but I guess I'm going to vote for inventing Anna, um, for no good reason, just because I really don't want to vote for the Depp Heard thing. Uh, so, so this makes me feel gross. So, 
I feel the same way, Jr. And for the same reason, I'm going to vote for Depp versus Heard. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kathy. What about because you? Because they both make you feel gross. Oh, I don't. I don't want to talk it. about either of these things. I think they're important and interesting and reveal a lot about our culture. But yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Depp and her, <gasps> even though I don't want to talk about all of that. Wow. But also, yeah, yep. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Take us to our last game of the first round. All right. Well, again, Netflix. Oh, Netflix. <laughs> oh, Netflix had a special on. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh boy. Uh, it was called Dahmer monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, um, serial killer. But what also came out of this was that there were Halloween costumes based on Jeffrey Dahmer and that, um, those eventually had to be banned because people were going, people were buying them. So there were bars in Milwaukee where Jeffrey Dahmer lived and um, where, uh, uh, you know, he, he murdered a number of men. Um, bars saying you will not be allowed in if this is, if this is your costume. And so oh for me, it was fascinating because this is not the first serial killer uh, series ever made and so there's this whole fascination around serial killers so elevating the voice of the criminal as opposed to the stories of the victims and their families and then the whole halloween costume thing just took it to another level for me so ew yeah why would you dress up as a serial killer gross I mean, I'll push back on that just for fun. Okay. Um, Netflix called it Monster, right? Yes. And especially at Halloween, people dress up as monsters. All right. I mean, I'm not... Or or princesses. Or... I'm just saying... (laughs) You know. I'm just saying when we treat... Like, when we mythologize these men like this, this is is one of the things that happens. Mm -hmm. I think in this particular situation, what was gross to me was that there was a little bit of the like, oh, I like that look. So it was a little bit of the retro look to the Mm -hmm. 80s and 90s aviator glass. Like, so I think that so I, I appreciate the pushback and that explanation of monsters dressing up as monsters for halloween i think what was weird to me was that it went beyond just dressing up for halloween right it was there were people who were like yeah that look is kind of cool and hip and it was like ew that's ew (laughs) ew that's all i can say ew he's a serial killer anyway man Okay, uh, new app this year, social media app. We talked about it on the show a couple times, actually, called Be Real, which is, uh, I don't, maybe I'll get it now that I'm out of Twitter. But the idea is you and your buddies, at a certain time of the day, the app says, it's time to be real. And you hold up your phone and you get a picture of yourself on one side, and then it takes a picture on the other side of where you are, what you're doing. Uh, the idea was to make it, you know, it's a way to connect with your friends and show them your real everyday life is the idea. 
Uh, does it have other effects? Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, I'm sure there's kids who are still not being real. There's people who miss it. You, you're not real if you don't get it in on time. You know, you're not being real. Um, and there's yeah. But on the flip side, I hear about people that are like, it's reminding them to take pictures with their friends. It's making them think like, maybe I should go to the beach today and be like doing something fun when this happens. So it's like helping encourage people to do other things in their lives. You know, I don't know. So it's a it's a fun little interesting new try at something in the social media space. So there you go. Be real. Are either of you uh, on Be Real? Not yet. No. Are you? I am. Oh, well, I might join then. Uh, yeah, it's just with, it's been fun. It, I like it better than Snapchat. Oh yeah, and you can ignore it. You can ignore it. Right, you don't so have many to. Days do it. I ignore it. You can post late, and it's very clear when somebody has posted late. Yeah, it also will show you that you have, um, uh, like retaken your picture. Oh, so, nice. So there is a little bit of that. And, and for us, for us and my uh, Gen X group of friends, oddly, this has been the one that's like been super fun for us. That's where we're like, Oh, you look cold in your office today. (laughs) (laughs) That's what, yeah. I feel like mine every day would be like, there's a picture of Matt. Oh, he's working on something on his laptop. He's writing. Yep. Yep. Exactly. One of my friends is like, Oh, he's there at his stand up desk. Looking at his three screens. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I'm not on Be Real, but I'm going to vote for it over Dahmer because uh, what I said before, I just don't love these uh, glamorizing yeah. the villain sort of things. Yep. Me too. Dahmer, screw that Me guy. Me too, because I'm on Be Real. I'm not on All Be right. Real, but I'm thinking about it now. We end with a clean sweep. Okay, so as per usual, our uh, first round was very long, yeah. but we are now into the Sweet 16, and so we are going to go a lot quicker. Um, we're, we're voting now on things we've already seen, uh, and so, Kathy, if you'll take us into the first round of the Sweet 16, we'll move on. First round, everything, everywhere, all at once, against Be Real. Ooh. Ooh. I'm voting everything, everywhere. Same. Yeah, I, I don't know where the ooze came from. This was like probably the easiest decision for me. <laughs> all right. How about J- everything everywhere all at once advances to the elite eight? How about James Gunn, new head of the DC universe versus chat GPT and AI? Ooh. I don't think chat GPT will ever be able to write a script as funny as what James Gunn does. So I'm choosing James Gunn. <laughs> nice. Kathy? I'm not so sure about that. I'm going with chat GPT. Oh no. I'm also going with AI. Let's see what AI can do. Okay. It's going to ruin the world is what it's going to do. If it's not uh, already. Our next one. Lizzo's flute versus Pedro Pascal <laughs> and those oh, mad dudes. So oh no. Oh no. Lizzo and the crystal flute or Pedro and the magic kids. <laughs> yep. I'm the flautist, Lizzo. Oh, okay, Matt. Pedro. All right. I am once again leaving my deciding <laughs> vote oh, to Amanda coward. coward. You are a coward, but Lizzo is a queen. Woo, Lizzo. <laughs> Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pedro. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> 
love you, but gotta go with the flute. Love you, but All not right. that much. Not that much. All right. Next up is Kim wearing Marilyn Ooh. or Rihanna. Ooh. Rihanna. Rihanna. Yeah, that one's hard. Rihanna. Matt? I'm going Rihanna, actually. Yeah. Uh, Rihanna is famous for being a really incredible creator, and Kim is famous for being famous. So not hard for me either. Rihanna advances to the Elite Eight. All right. Try Guys and the Cheating Cheater or George Santos and the Lying Liar. (laughs) This one's hard, too. I'm saying George Santos. I had never heard of the Try Guys before the controversy. One vote for George. I think it's really terrible that George Santos is literally an elected official. All right. I'm going to vote Try Guys so that Kathy gets to decide. (laughs) Fine. George. George. George is going. Need to try harder next time. (laughs) Oh. All right. Next up is Beyonce as the most nominated uh, musician of all time versus Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk. Oh, man. Beyonce versus She-Hulk. What you doing, Kathy? Beyonce. Matt. I'll go Ms. Marvel versus and She-Hulk. Okay, as much as I love Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk, I have to choose the <laughs> queen bee. <laughs> all right, Beyonce. Go, Beyonce. Hopefully she'll all destroy right. George Santos soon. I don't think that's good. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Next up is Girl Yelling, the meme, and Top Gun. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Girl Yelling. Uh, I'm going to stick with Top Gun. Oh, man. Same, Top Gun. Top Gun's going to wow. the top. Soaring to the top of the charts. All right. Amazing. You military hawks over there. Um, Propaganda all the way. How about a toxic relationship with Depp versus Heard versus millions of toxic relationships with Twitter? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I only heard about Depp Heard on Twitter, so I got to choose Twitter. Oh, man. Kathy? Twitter. All right. My old friend that I'm no longer speaking to, Twitter, can advance. (laughs) That's right. Wow. That was uh, quite an interesting Elite Eight, and so quick. Um, I think that may be the fastest Elite Eight we've ever had. Or sorry, Sweet 16 we've ever had. Now we're to the Elite Eight. Uh, And again, listeners, as a reminder, we're going to get this all the way down to the final game, and then it will be up to you to vote. Up to you to choose. uh, Yeah, so here we go. Our first first matchup is Everything Everywhere All at Once versus... AI and chat. Oh, no. Very interested in what you think here. Uh, I am going to choose. I can't believe I'm doing this, but, you know, they say if you've got a a thousand monkeys and a thousand typewriters in a room for a thousand years, they'll create the works of Shakespeare. And if that is not a perfect description of the multiverse, I don't know what is. So I'm going to choose chat. (gasps) GPT. Wow. Uh, No going everything everywhere all at once and i'm gonna let amanda decide for me <laughs> you're saying no Matt. You don't no get that amanda no why why would you do that to me uh, everything, everywhere. everything everywhere good that's what i was gonna choose anyway 
Uh, I'm so glad you got you all did that. I had to vote with what I thought was right, but I knew that in that case, my right was wrong. So thank you for saving. <laughs> for saving. <laughs> this one's going to be hard. Oh, boy. Next up, Lizzo against Rihanna. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going Lizzo. I love watching her play that flute. So amazing. So funny. I love that too. But oh. I'm not even a flautist. This is, I know, I know. Okay, this is hard. Okay, Rihanna. Okay. So I'm torn. I love that Rihanna is so unapologetically herself and that she's made, she's a billionaire. Um, I, I love that she's unapologetic about her pregnancy, about her body, but all you can say all those same things about Lizzo. I think Lizzo I is smart, um, really body positive. I love all of that. I, so I am I'm going to choose based on what I know Amanda loves, which is Lizzo. So I'm going <laughs> to choose Lizzo. You're blaming anything controversial on Amanda today. I noticed. Yeah, obviously, I should have been blaming so, Clay. I should say, oh, I'm texting Clay right now. Oh, yeah, we should have. We all should have blamed Clay. All right. This one should be easy, I think. George Santos versus Beyonce. I have a, I have a shocking announcement before we go oh. further. Uh-oh. Yeah? You love... It turns out that Beyonce has been George Santos all along. Jeez. <gasps> oh, according to George <laughs> Santos? Oh, okay. Yeah, according to George Santos, yeah. He actually was her ghostwriter for all of her music, so... <laughs> oh, wow. <sighs> okay. Okay, JK, JK, is anyone voting for George Santos? No. Screw that guy. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. And our last matchup. Ooh. Top Gun versus Elon buying Twitter. So which megalomaniacal jerk uh, <laughs> are you going to vote for? <laughs> Death to Twitter for me. Ooh. All right, I'm going to go with propaganda, Top Gun. Um, yeah, at least when to- when Tom Cruise is an egomaniacal maniac, um, which I think is redundant, um, I have fun. So I'm voting for Top Gun. Okay. So sorry, Elon, not sorry. All right, here it is, folks, the final four. Our final two games are Everything Everywhere All at Once versus Lizzo playing the flute. Oh. And Beyonce as the most nominated artist in Grammy history versus Top Gun Maverick, the movie that saved movies. Oh, man. In the first game, Kathy, you have consistently voted for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. Uh, is that going to change? No. Okay. Matt. Wait, it's Everything Everywhere versus Beyonce? No, versus Lizzo. Oh, versus Lizzo. Everything, everywhere versus Lizzo. I know. Lizzo. This is hard. Ooh. All right. I'm going with everything, everywhere. Okay. Then it doesn't even matter what I voted for, but I would vote for everything, everywhere. And my wife is not angry at me. Oh, no. Is she so punching you in the back yet? No, she's glaring very hard, though. <laughs> Have we explained why Amanda is glaring is at you in the background? and lurking? No. We, we are in a hotel room in Los Angeles. So yes. that's also why I don't have my normal microphone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. For our longest episode of the season. Correct. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, all right. Final game. Um, this one's, a, this Ooh. one is one. 
I will say this: both of these, uh, both of these contenders have been highly favored in each game so far. Uh, so these are these are two fan favorites. Beyonce is the most nominated Grammy performer of all time, or musician of all time. Most Grammy nominated. Wow. Okay. You know, we've talked about yeah. it. Everyone. Something about and Top Gun. So Matt. Beyonce. Kathy. Yeah. Beyonce. <laughs> uh, folks, we have two clean sweeps in our final four game. Oh, and Matt man. puts everything everywhere all at once up against Beyonce as the most Grammy nominated musician of all time. And I just want to say, if you vote for the wrong one, you're racist. <laughs> which one is the wrong one in that case? That, then? Whichever way you vote, I get to say it, which is great. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Oh, um, that's the white man. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think I recognize racism so easily? <laughs> Well, folks, uh, this brings us to the end of our mega episode of uh, the year. As Matt already mentioned, next uh, next time is an interview with Shazam and Shazam 2 writer Henry Gaiden. So if you haven't got a chance to go see that movie yet, go see it. It is delightful. Uh, we will be back next week with that episode until then make sure you head over to twitter to let us know which you would prefer let everyone but me know fascinating everyone but matt yeah <laughs> and then you can also of course vote at facebook at facebook.com slash the fascinating podcast uh thanks for listening thanks for indulging our silly annual tradition uh and of course we did miss clay morgan this year but it sure did make voting a lot easier so <laughs> sorry clay that you weren't with us um, <laughs> thanks to our special guest Amanda Foresteros for shouting corrections into the microphone from the back of the hotel room and uh, take care of yourselves out there see you next time <laughs>